successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I am your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast. You can also listen on GrillNationShow.com. I hope you're doing well, and I hope you're having a great week. Uh, very excited about the show today. We're going to cover a ton of different topics with a expert and a, uh, a thought leader and just a, an overall uh, great person and hardworking person uh, who's involved in so many different things involving health here uh, in the region and uh, leadership. Uh, Amy Patel, Dr. Amy Patel is joining me. She's been on the show, I think, two times before, but not since like January, I believe, of 2020, early in the year. She is a the medical director of Liberty Hospital Women's Imaging, radiologist. She's an assistant professor. Uh, she does all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Amy, Amy, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Life has changed since we last talked. How have things been with you? I mean, what, what's going on in the world of, uh, of health and, and, and whatnot after the, the stalling of uh, everything in our country for a while? Sure. So, you know, just like the rest of the country, we um, sort of, you know, mid-March uh, into early April sort of stopped a lot of things in the hospital, such as non-urgent imaging, non-urgent procedures, this was based on the recommendations by the CDC. So we adhere to all the uh, government uh, recommendations. So, uh, you know, things were slower in the hospital. Obviously, other thing measures um, were taken, such as uh, PPE protection, uh, which we are still wearing for the foreseeable future. That's not going anywhere. Um, and then, you know, once we decided that uh, we would be getting to a point to resume uh, non-urgent imaging uh, procedures, um, surgeries, things like that. We had to uh, really put together a game plan for reopening and and um, change a lot of the things we were doing in the hospital, uh, such as implementing social distancing practices. Um, even our breast center, we have a temporary redesign to ensure social distancing, um, scheduling patients, uh, a little bit further apart to ensure uh, social distancing practices, um, increased uh, cleanliness protocols, which is hard to imagine because in a hospital you're constantly cleaning, but um, just so many additional things. But I can honestly say um, at our hospital, uh, our chief medical officer, uh, Dr. Agu Diga, he's been the head of our coronavirus task force. He's also an infectious disease specialist. So we have been incredibly fortunate that we have been led so effectively and by an expert in the field of infectious disease. 
Uh, that's why we have felt very confident uh, during this entire uh, outbreak and including the reopening uh, so that we know, you know, that we're doing uh, everything correctly and, um, you know, to a T. Uh, Amy Patel is with me today. LibertyHospital.org is your website, and you're all over social media as well. Um, what about you? I know you've um, obviously been very active uh, with many things. What what kind of changed for you during this process? This is someone who's probably used to, to being on on call or on all the time. Like, what, what, what were the changes that you saw in your yeah, personal Yeah, so, and, I mean, for career? one, professionally with the Breast Center, you know, we ceased all non-urgent imaging. So when it comes to screening mammography, we postponed those. Uh, we postponed uh, those women who are high risk who come in for supplemental screening. That was postponed. Those women who are scheduled for short interval follow-ups without symptoms, those were postponed. So we're still catching, um, you know, we're still catching up with these patients who need to get in. In addition, we are trying to accommodate the patients who um, are, are due now. And so, um, and with, you know, our social distancing protocols and that sort of thing, you know, we've had to really think critically, you know, how are we going to get caught up? So it's almost like in the world of breast imaging, um, we feel like it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It's like another October for us. And, mm -hmm. and I was talking to a, a breast imager the other day um, on staff at MD Anderson, and, and he was saying, you know, I think it's going to be Breast Cancer Awareness Month all summer. And I said, I know, I feel like that, too. It's just so busy. But we need to do the right thing and get the women in who need to be getting in, who are already delayed, as well as not get behind on the women who are due. So that's been sort of, um, you know, in my world professionally, uh, as well as, you know, I wear other hats, as you alluded to, like I'm an assistant professor at UMKC. So I teach the radiology residents. We've been doing a ton of virtual, you know, everything's virtual now. So lots of virtual lectures, lots of virtual meetings. So so uh, I definitely some days get Zoom fatigue um, or go to meeting fatigue. Uh, but uh, this is the world in which we live right now. And, you know, our safety for everyone involved is of utmost of the utmost importance. Do you feel like uh, the world's going to change now? With You mentioned Zoom meetings and all these different things. Uh, do you find that you're more productive or less productive? Because you're doing more meetings, right? Mm -hmm. But you're not in a car driving to the plaza, to UMKC or to Liberty or to wherever, you know, it's like, it's weird because I feel like sometimes I don't do as much, but I'm doing more because I've been in more meetings and more getting more things done because I'm communicating. I'm not driving all the time. I don't know. Yeah. I, you it's know, something I, I've been thinking about because sometimes <laughs> I feel like when I'm sitting in my office at my house, I'm not doing enough stuff. But then I feel like when I look back at my calendar, oh, I got a lot of stuff done today. Yeah, I think this is really going to change the workforce. I think not just in healthcare, uh, but I think in other fields, we're seeing that people tend to be more efficient at home. Um, you know, for example, uh, my fiance, as you know, he's an architect and he's been working at home since mid-March and, and he constantly is telling me, I'm way more productive at home. So I think that we will be seeing, you know, a shift, you know, for what I do, you know, as a professional, obviously I'm at the hospital every day, but I think in terms of, you know, lecture delivery meetings, I think there, we will be reverting to a lot of virtual means going forward and certainly until we have a vaccine mm -hmm. 
Amy Patel, Dr. Amy Patel is with us today. Great guest. She's with Liberty Hospital, libertyhospital.org. Uh, she's on Twitter at Amy K. Patel. She's on LinkedIn. She's on Facebook. Uh, we're going to get into a lot of different topics today uh, on the show, including probably have you some, probably ask you some questions, Amy, that, that you know, we kind of get to know you a little bit more. Uh, we have a minute left in the first segment. I want to I want to ask one of those real quickly. You know, what what do you think led you to this career? That's that's a first. That's a question I don't think I've ever asked you. I think that the reason why I chose breast imaging is I've always had a passion for women's health. I um, I'm originally from Chillicothe, Missouri, so I thought I was going to go home, practice primary care with a focus on women's health because I felt like there was such a disparity of a focus on women, particularly in this part of the state and in Missouri. Uh, but then I ended up becoming a breast imager. I can still focus on women's health, find breast cancer, do procedures and, and talk to patients and see patients. So it's got the best of every world. I love that answer. I love that answer. We'll be right back after the break with more of the Grill Nation show. I'm joined today by Dr. Amy Patel. Awesome, awesome person and doctor here in the region. And you're listening to the Grill Nation show here at 980 AM and on podcast via iTunes. Thanks for joining us. 47 dead beats living in the back street, northeast, west, south, Hello and welcome back to the Grill Nation show here at 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast. I'm your host, Jason Grill. You connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation show. I'm also available on social media. Just search for my name, Jason Grill on Instagram and on LinkedIn. We're talking today to Dr. Amy Patel, who's the medical director of, of the Liberty Hospital Women's Imaging. Uh, she's also a radiologist. She's, she's uh, come back to Kansas City. Uh, I would Say what? About two years ago now? Has it been? That'll two? be two years, July first. Two years, July first. You you came from the East Coast, but you grew up here. You schooled. You did, you were in St. Louis for a while, I remember, and uh, kind of touched a lot of different places. But decided to relocate back to your uh, your home region, and uh, have been very successful, kind of growing the practice and all, and educating women and even men on all the different issues that go along with uh, radiology and breast cancer. Um, what is like so you uh, you were mentioning a lot about the changes under COVID nineteen and what you kind of dealt with. Um, I know that Liberty Hospital has has just now launched a a new campaign called the Ready for You campaign. Uh, it's all over your social media. Uh, again, Ready for You campaign. What what is this? What's the inspiration behind it? Give us some facts about what, what you guys are doing with the Ready for You campaign. Yes. So when we came together um, and you know had to implement essentially a formidable game plan for reopening, um, with that we wanted to reassure the public that we were ready for the public, that they you know shouldn't feel afraid coming into the hospital if they need uh, anything done, if they need to see their primary care provider, if they need to get you know their screening mammogram or they're due for their colonoscopy. So the Ready for You campaign is essentially a campaign that lays that out, um, and, you know, and 
we have, like I said, so many things in place now at the hospital in terms of social distancing for patients, um, increased increase cleanliness uh, measures, uh, PPE, everyone is wearing PPE, temperature checks, you know, everything that we need to do to ensure the safety of our patients and for them to feel comfortable to come and see us. So like I, I talked about before with our breast center, you know, all of the staff were wearing a mask all the time. The patients that come in, they're all wearing masks. We have um, separated the appointment time so that we can ensure additional social distancing uh, in the breast center. Uh, you know, there are some patients where if they're waiting for a result, we're having them sit in um, the atrium right outside the breast center to ensure social distancing. So we have really sought critically on every single point, again, due to the leadership of our chief medical officer, uh, who's an infectious disease doc. And we've really, um, you know, taken everything that we can to ensure that patients are safe coming into the door. So we are ready for patients. There is no sort of juggling. We have a very solid game plan in place. And we, we will continue to do this, you know, for the foreseeable future. Uh, you know, like I said, you know, we're still off at far, you know, if you we don't know exactly when we're going to have a vaccine. So until then, you know, we're not going to let, let our foot off the pedal. We are going to implement these stringent practices. We are ready for patients. You know, we can accommodate patients who need to seek care from us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would imagine that would have been an issue because like I remember when COVID-19 kind of started in March uh, as far as like the stay at homes, you know, if I felt sick or if I felt like, I needed to go to the pharmacy to pick up something or I just was very um, reluctant to do it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I, I, I'm assuming that's now changed a little bit just because of all the things you talked about, but just because it's summertime and obviously things are open again. Mm -hmm. So it seems to me there will be people that will be going back to their normal checkups and, and whatnot. Uh, but it is kind of scary though. It was kind of scary at first. So I'm hoping that the COVID uh, coronavirus doesn't accelerate uh, because we don't need to be back where we're in March, right? <laughs> yeah, no, we don't. And, you know, it's important for us to know as well, you know, the number of cases is going to be different, whether you're looking at Clay County or Jackson County or Johnson County. So every, you know, area is different. Um, so far, knock on wood, we've been, you know, uh, pretty, we've lucked out, you know, in Clay County, but that doesn't mean that, and I, I mentioned Clay County because that's where Liberty Hospital is located, but that doesn't mean that we, you know, take our foot off the pedal. We still need to be very vigilant. You know, coronavirus is still out there. We know we are seeing outbreaks, particularly in, you know, nursing facilities and prisons, meat packing plants. So we really need to be vigilant of what is happening in the community and not let our foot off the pedal. You know, we still, wearing that mask is so incredibly important you know, washing your hands, uh, you know, this just the things that uh, particularly, you know, washing your hands, you know, we know that a lot of people don't know how to wash their hands properly, but probably now due to coronavirus, where, you know, they are, people are learning how to wash your hands properly. So even these smallest measures can make a world of difference. Yeah, I know, like, that used to be a tagline for some people in the industry, like, wash your hands and do this and that. And now like, everyone's, everyone knows how to do it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so uh, you're doing all kinds of stuff. Um, what uh, you know, give us some updates on kind of the radiology field. Like, have you guys? I know you're active with kind of the national organizations. What what's been their take? I mean, have they been supplying you with a lot of different uh, updates and information of technology techn technology advancements? I mean, 
for me, I see a lot of industries really kind of outreaching more to their to their population, to their association, to their to their group to give them the details they need. Um, has that happened in radiology? Obviously, it's different than a than a than a small business association or whatnot. So, what has that been like during COVID? Have they been active with you and uh, with the membership? Absolutely. You know, I think that all organized medical societies, um, not just radiology, but, you know, the American College of Surgeons, they've really made a concerted effort to guide the field because these national entities, that's where we as practicing physicians really look to to guide us. And so, you know, particularly like in the field of breast imaging, uh, once, you know, facilities were going to start to reopen after the peak and, and the numbers started to, you know, after the curve started to flatten, uh, for the Society of Breast Imaging, we came together and crafted um, basically guidelines for reopening, you know, suggested guidelines for reopening. And um, I'm on the Society of Breast Imaging Communications and Advocacy Task Force. So I was involved in uh, crafting these, you know, national recommendations uh, for practices and facilities. And so, you know, that those those type of guidelines are incredibly important uh, for our fields. And and, you know, the government really looks to us to really guide, you know, our professions because they can give sort of the overall, you know, um, pie in the sky picture of, you know, reopening. But in terms of the little nuances and nitty gritty of reopening, that's really where these organized societies have come in to really guide us. So um, we're very grateful in the field of radiology. We've had incredible guidance from the American College of Radiology, the Society of Breast Imaging, um, and many other radiology societies. So we, most of us have had a really um, concrete game plan moving forward uh, during coronavirus, you know, when we shut everything down. And then, you know, what, uh, going to that, we mentioned your assistant, uh, you also teach at UNKC. Um, and, you know, you're talking about being involved and all these different things. If you were a student or if you were a person who was going to consider this profession, what what is something that you today wish you had known when you started out? Because uh, I know it's a long journey. It's a long journey to get to where you are, even though you're you're still obviously very young. But what do you wish you had known before you had that you know now that you wish you would have known then? Well, um, you know, I think that radiology is an interesting field because a lot of what you learn, you don't learn until you're a resident. Uh, you don't have as much exposure right now um, to radiology medical school, which we're trying to change that. You know, right now there isn't a mandatory medical student rotation like there is for surgery or OB or pediatrics or something like that. And so a lot of times people have, uh, medical students have misconceptions of the field of radiology. So, you know, looking back, you know, I wish I would have had more exposure to sort of know kind of what I was, uh, I guess, getting myself into, have no regrets by any means. But I think that because, you know, I didn't have as much exposure as a medical student, um, although I did have, I think, more than arguably than a lot, uh, you know, I've, I've really, you know, felt that I need to try to expose medical students as much as I can uh, to radiology uh, so that if they are interested in it, they should pursue it. So uh, at UMKC School of Medicine, I'm the faculty advisor of the Radiology Medical Student Interest Group. And so that's a group that basically we have events um, every few months where we expose medical students to the field of radiology. Um, unfortunately, right now, you know, everything is via virtual means. But 
uh, prior to COVID, you know, we were meeting periodically uh, to talk about different parts of the, the field of radiology uh, to expose them. So, uh, you know, I think that um, the exposure is going to be so critical um, at the medical student level to recruit more uh, bright talent to our field. Dr. Amy Patel is our guest today. A minute left in the segment. Dr. Patel, tell us about some of the uh, the guidelines for people that need to get checked up. What, what, what are we looking at here in case somebody's forgotten or, you know, they, they maybe are reaching that age where they need to uh, come see you guys? Sure. So we recommend annual screening mammography uh, beginning at age 40 if you're average risk, meaning that you do not have a 20% or greater lifetime percent risk of breast cancer which is based on various factors like family history and your breast density. If you are high risk, we recommend annual screening mammography starting at 30, alternating with supplemental screening in the form of breast MRI or ultrasound every six months. Mm -hmm. And men can be affected, correct? Men can. Male breast cancer is rare, but if a man does feel a lump or any sort of symptom, they definitely need to get it checked out. Very good information. LibertyHospital.org. Dr. Amy Patel is our guest. She is the medical director of the Liberty Hospital Women's Imaging, also a clinical assistant professor at uh, UMKC here in Kansas City. Uh, After the break, we're going to get more into this great information and uh, talk about some other interesting topics with Dr. Amy Patel. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to The Grill Nation Show here at 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast. back to the Grill Nation show. I am your host, Jason Grill, back today for a third segment on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast. And if you're joining us on the website, grillnationshow.com, I greatly appreciate it. Thanks to all of our great listeners, all of our supporters, and all of you for joining us each and every week. I greatly appreciate it. I hope you're enjoying the show. We are again joined by Dr. Amy Patel. She is a, uh, a radiologist and the medical director of the Liberty Hospital Women's Imaging. Uh, she's also a clinical assistant professor at University of Missouri, Kansas City. She's involved in all kinds of different things here locally. And uh, one of the things you're involved with now Amy, and if you didn't have enough things on your plate, is you're the new chair of the American College of Radiology Young and Early Career Professionals section. I believe the first one from Missouri uh, they've ever had. Uh, Tell us about that and and what that means and why you decided to do that, because uh, obviously you want to have an impact, and I I think that's a great thing on a national level. So what is that, and why did you do it? I've always been, uh, you know, active in the American College of Radiology um, as, you know, far back as as a a first-year resident. And so um, in the college, I've, you know, worn many hats. And then, you know, once I became a young physician or young radiologist out of training, 
you know, I, you know, I really wanted to try to get involved at the national level as well. And so um, I actually uh, ran for uh, chair of the um, ACR Young and Early Career Professional section, and I, I was fortunate to win. So essentially, the ACR YPS is the governing body of young radiologists in this country, which is, um, you know, a little over 6,000 young radiologists in this country. And we serve as the voice for young radiologists in this country. Uh, we protect their interests, particularly um, with uh, the rest of the House of Medicine um, and with the highest leadership um, in the American College of Radiology. Uh, as you know, Jason, healthcare is rapidly evolving. It's rapidly changing. It's becoming increasingly competitive. And so, you know, we are here to protect these young radiologists in this country who are the future of medicine. And so um, I just assumed this title uh, in May, uh, mid-May. So it's, it's new. Uh, we have a lot of great things in store this year for young radiologists in this country in terms of engagement. And we'll continue to advocate on their behalf to ensure that they are um, receiving, you know, fair treatment uh, professionally as well as personally. Where is that? Where do you have to go? Where is that located? Where's the, the headquarters at? Yes, so the American College of Radiology, um, the headquarters are in Reston, Virginia, mm -hmm. but the government relations branch is located in Washington, D.C. Speaking of government relations and policy and advocacy, uh, I know you're active with that. There was a bill that was passed in Missouri this last session, which goes from January to May. Um, it hasn't been passed into law yet. It actually would become law on August 28th, 2020, if the governor signs it by July 14th, uh, which we hope he does. What, what is this bill and why is it so important? Yes. So um, last year, I um, had a meeting with Representative John Carpenter and Senator Lauren Arthur uh, to discuss the, uh, you know, the struggles that I was having in practice, particularly with women who were high risk for breast cancer, and they kept getting denied insurance coverage for supplemental screening uh, that they needed, that we have recommended, uh, you know, the American College of Radiology, Society of Breast Imaging, um, American Society of Breast Surgeons, they kept getting denied. And those women before the age of 40 who needed a mammogram who are high risk. So I, you know, I, I brought this to their attention and um, luckily uh, Representative Carpenter was kind enough to sponsor this bill in the House, Senator Arthur in uh, the Senate. And so we worked on this legislation together uh, that essentially would cover um, high-risk women for the screening uh, examinations that they need, as well as women who are high-risk uh, from the ages of 25 to 29, uh, based on these recommendations by these expert uh, specialty groups. And so um, I'm fortunate because as of now, this legislation is in House Bill 1682 and Senate Bill 551. So I have a couple routes here where um, it could potentially pass. So we're all kind of, you and know, it waiting. Pass. It did pass. Well, I mean, the, for the governor to sign, I mean, you know, if the governor signs it or doesn't do anything, we're good. So that's what I'm yeah. waiting on. <laughs> yeah, right. So that so, yeah. July 14th. Yes, July 14th. And so um, I think it was incredible that we even got it to pass um, and 
it got as far as it did this year because once COVID hit, I thought, oh my goodness, we're done. I'm going to have to reintroduce this bill next year with Senator Arthur, or, you know, whomever, because Senator Carpenter is tapped out now on the term limit. So I'm like, all of these thoughts are rushing my head. And about a week before Jeff City was shut down, we testified. Um, Senator Lauren Arthur and I testified. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to have to go through this again next year. But Fingers crossed, um, you know, if the uh, so governor signed. took the trip down to Jeff City or are we doing it virtually then? No, so that meeting actually was in person before all this hit. We, we, um, I went to Jeff City, I testified uh, with Senator Arthur um, and also our chief of pathology at Liberty Hospital, who's very involved in the medical, uh, Missouri Medical uh, State Association. He also uh, testified as well. Well, that's positive. That is awesome. In one year, I mean, that is unheard of. So our fingers are crossed that uh, you'll get it to the finish line and it will become law in August. Yes. You don't have to go back and do this again next year, but there'll probably be other issues that you'll be advocating for. Yeah, the, the work is not done. I have other <laughs> things that I want to get past. And uh, if this by some weird reason didn't, uh, you know, we're still going to keep at it. You know, it's too important for Missouri women for me not to continue to advocate for them. I'm in a position to do so, so I have to see it through. That's right. Uh, Dr. Amy Patel is joining us. Dr. Patel, uh, you do a lot with Liberty Hospital, does a lot with the foundation. And uh, I have, I've been on your social media, or I keep getting updates from your Facebook about all these donations. Tell us about that, because um, what is that? I mean, I know that there's all kinds of foundation events going on and work, even through the COVID uh, crisis, but you're doing something right now uh, to raise money. Yes, so every year the Liberty Hospital Foundation has an event um, called Twilight at the Treehouse. And the Treehouse is an amazing space um, on the Liberty Hospital campus uh, that provides lodging for patients who might be traveling a long distance and need to get treatments, but they can't necessarily afford hotels or something like that, or their loved ones who have come in to stay as well. So this is a wonderful facility, and we usually have a fundraising event at the facility. Well, because of COVID, we had to um, convert it to virtual means. So we had virtual twilight um, at your house, uh, which was a success. And the money essentially raised goes towards uh, multiple things. So it goes towards obviously the tree house and keeping that running. It's similar to American Cancer Society's Hope Lodge. And, you know, as well as the other programs that the foundation has, not just for patients, but for Liberty Hospital healthcare workers. So, um, um, and, you know, for example, to date, since uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, we've been able to help over 7,000 patients in the community. So just incredible, you know, an incredible effort. Um, um, Midori Carpenter is the executive director of our foundation and has just done such a wonderful job. So we had a great event on Friday night and raised a fair amount of money. And that was a virtual event. That, so that, that's going to be interesting to see, too, if that kind of takes hold more um, fundraising, because a lot of these... A lot of these groups that I've worked with and you've worked with, of course, um, we're going to have big galas this year or big fundraisers and um, they've been put on hold. So you, you're successfully, you guys successfully implemented a virtual fundraiser. So yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, um, I'm also involved with the American Cancer Society. Um, I'm on their chairman circle board and we just had um, a virtual event uh, prior to the Liberty Hospital event, uh, Shave to Save. And so uh, we, you know, did really well virtually as well. So I think that 
there are ways to effectively fundraise uh, via you know virtual means. You just have to really know exactly how to put it together, but it can be very effective. Dr. Patel, you're in a uh, an industry that's a lot of takes a lot of time effort. You're dealing with a lot of uh, sad situations for patients uh, to help them. And one of the questions I have is, with so many things going on, not to mention you're uh, engaged now, you know, how do you handle the stress and pressure in the in this this world? Like, what's what's your best advice? Because I know that you're you're constantly on the move and working and and dealing with a lot of very uh, sensitive issues with people's lives and whatnot what what's your advice and how do you handle that stress or stress and pressure in your your career well you know it's tough you know there's lots of balls in the air i think that just medical school and residency training in general is very high pressure which has really prepared me to where i am today but i think as i get older you know i try not to perseverate over things uh, over which I have no control, um, you know, and I, you know, I, I try to have faith in a lot of situations. Um, you know, I am a believer and it definitely helps uh, with what I do. Um, I'm, as much as I'm a believer in science, I'm also, you know, a, a strong believer in faith. So those things help me as well. Um, I like to, you know, exercise that really helps me mentally, you know, going on runs, things like that. And, and of course, you know, now having, you know, a fiance has really helped with my work-life integration as well so he tells me when it's time to you know stop stop doing what you're doing we're going to movie or you know pre-covid or you know we're, we're going to watch a movie or whatever so just something you know he just tells me it's time to unwind so that's helped out a lot as well <laughs> well i was wondering what your uh, your hobbies were now we know you like to exercise you like uh, hanging out with the, with the guy and uh <laughs> it easy you know we're going to come back after the break we have one segment left in the show we're going to talk more with dr amy patel uh, from Liberty Hospital, libertyhospital.org is the website. Amy is online. Just search for Amy Patel, P-A-T-E-L, on social media. Uh, great, great doctor here in Kansas City. You're listening to The Grill Nation Show here on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast. We will be right back. Thank you. to the Grill Nation show here at 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Final segment of today's show with Dr. Amy Patel. She is an awesome, awesome person and is so involved here in this region. Uh, and she is the medical director at the Liberty Hospital Women's Imaging Center. Also, she uh, is just active in everything, but also a clinical assistant professor at U of KC. And uh, very involved, as I said. Dr. Patel, welcome back. There's so many other things we could talk about, but what we haven't really talked about is kind of more personal issues and more like what you've learned through this process. Uh, what, what is one thing that you think you missed most during the uh, last few months of COVID? I know you're, you work in the hospital, so you've been working, but uh, what have you missed most? Uh, whether it's professionally or personally during the uh, stay-at-home orders. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing is just social interaction, um, you know, not seeing uh, patients on such a regular basis when we were uh, sort of closed to, you know, 
a lot of types of um, examinations. And then, of course, you know, uh, the stay at home orders, you know, we took that incredibly seriously. Um, I took that incredibly seriously. So not seeing anyone, not even seeing my mom and dad. So I think, you know, that was definitely tough. And, um, you know, it really tests your um, patience that, you know, it, it tests, you know, your perseverance uh, through a challenging time. Uh, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty extroverted. I like to socialize with people. So that was tough. So, uh, you know, things such as like the house party app uh, and other virtual means to, to connect with people uh, definitely utilized it during this time. Yeah, I never did that one. I mean, house I, party, I, it's great. I missed the boat on that one. Uh, I, did hear, I did hear about it though we had enough zoom happy hours to keep me busy in meetings so uh, yeah. what uh i know technology is really important in your industry what are just a, a couple technological things that you're excited about with the future of radiology i think one thing i'm really excited about um in radiology and then breast imaging in general is artificial intelligence and um, I think we might have touched on it um, in one of the last times I was on your show, how um, at Liberty we have, uh, we have now implemented, it's been almost a year now, artificial intelligence breast ultrasound, uh, which can help us with accuracy in determining which lesions can be uh, called benign, which ones we might need to follow up on, or which ones that perhaps we do need to biopsy uh, to rule out a cancer. So uh, I think that AI, particularly in radiology, will help us uh, do what we do even better. Uh, I think we can't be replaced because you can't replace you know, a human touch. You can't replace a radiologist really um, breaking down something for a patient who might uh, want additional clarification. But I think that in terms of accuracy and efficiency in the era of rising volumes uh, and increased patient demands, I think that AI really has a true transformative potential on the field of radiology and particularly breast imaging. Mm -hmm. That's kind of an interesting thing that we need to keep our eyes on. Of course, data, continuing to get new forms of data and ways to create data and, and utilize and analyze metrics and data is always a big thing as well. Um, one question I have is with, some, with, a, with a career like yours, there's always type A's and people that are very hard charging um what what is what is one unique skill you think that has helped you become successful in this journey that maybe um that really helped you out uh because you're dealing with people in radiology that are kind of similar as far as their ambition and whatnot to be a doctor mm -hmm. is there something that you can point to that maybe was a great skill that you had that helped you well i think one of the biggest things is i'm a risk taker and I try to keep an open mind on things. And with taking risks, I tend to push the envelope to have you know people think critically, uh, so we can take try to take it to the next level. So, like for example, when I hear very often in your field, yeah. I mean, in general, like usually people that go into medicine aren't aren't, aren't your uh, risk takers out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I took a risk coming back to practice here in Missouri. It was a big career undertaking so early in my career, but it's turned out incredibly well. When I wanted to bring AI to Liberty, you know, that was sort of unheard of too. And I had to get buy-in from all healthcare stakeholders, admin leadership, my practice. So, you know, I'm always finding ways to push the envelope, um, try to expand on our innovation. And I think that in medicine, you have to be flexible. And in a lot of ways, you know, you're going to, there are going to be things that, you know, 
and, and already that, you know, I've struck out on, but then I can have, you know, I've had a lot of victories too. So I'm just not uh, afraid to take a risk uh, because the reward can be so great. Mm -hmm. So you're good at a lot of things, Amy, Dr. Amy Patel. What is one thing that you're not very good at? I would say cooking. <laughs> I'm not very good at cooking. So we're in the same boat there. Um, but what I what I will say about that is uh, I'm, as you know, I'm not married. I am very simple as far as cooking because I'm not good at it. And so I tend to remain somewhat healthy as far as because I'm not cooking like extravagant, unhealthy dinners. So so that's one thing maybe that you need to take a class in at some point. Maybe we should do that together. We'll get your uh, fiance as well. But, <laughs> he's a good uh, cook though he could teach us like oh he's good okay yeah, he's a great so, cook so as far as uh, the stay at home and the, and the uh whatnot with all the restaurants closed you know what was your go-to because you, you obviously weren't cooking so what what was your uh pleasure guilty pleasure mine was andy's frozen custard down the street man i went there all the time and frozen pizza i've now <laughs> i've now shipped in frozen pizza from some of the best pizza places in the united states Wow. Oh, yeah. I've, I've got a I've got a fridge full of the best New York and uh, New Haven, Connecticut pizza there is. Oh, my gosh. I'm gonna have to get that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did a lot of takeout Tuesday to support local businesses. Um, yeah. And with that, we ate a lot of Jack Stack. That was probably our number one, uh, you know, true Missouri girl loving her barbecue. <laughs> so. I love it. I love it. I uh I did that as well. Uh, I don't know why I got into the pizza world, though. I don't know. I went to New York last year, and I've been to a few other places that had really good pizza. There's actually some really good pizza places that have since become reality since the uh, outbreak uh, because mm -hmm. they're they're now delivering and picking up. So I've been I've been kind of on a pizza kick. So it's good to hear you're still on the barbecue kick. Mm -hmm. um, well, we so did a lot of Minsky's too. So okay, there you I, go. I hear you. <laughs> so you had some pizza. You know, so what's next for you guys? I know you, you got the, uh, the the new campaign, the Ready For You campaign that just launched. What are you excited about uh, in the future? What What is inspiring to you? Because um, like I said before, you're dealing with all kinds of different issues for different people. What's next and what are you excited about going forward? I'm excited for my role, um, like we discussed in the previous segment with the American College of Radiology, uh, young and early career professional section, what I can do to influence um, and elevate young radiologists in this country. Um, by the way, I, I want to stop you there, Amy, because I looked into it and there's over 6,000 young U.S. radiologists. And what you're going to be leading is defined as eight years or less out of training or under the age of 40. That is true. So well, I would not be able to be in your club because I'm 40. So, <laughs> so. And I'm not a radiologist, but anyway, yeah. so you're excited about that. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. And then, of course, this legislation that we, you know, discussed if, you know, once we know by July 14th, you know, I really want to get the word out um, with, you know, Senator Arthur, Senator Car or with Representative Carpenter uh, to discuss this and why this um, is such a win for Missouri women and, uh, you know, just continue to make an impact, not just, uh, you know, in the state of Missouri, which obviously is my number one priority, um, but, you know, over, you know, all over the country in any way. I can. Dr. Amy Patel, just an awesome resource for the show and just a great, great person here locally. I highly recommend if you have any issues or if you have want to check up to check her out, uh, libertyhospital.org, medical director of Liberty Hospital Women's Imaging. Uh, she's all over social media. Just search her name, Amy, A-M-Y, Patel, P-A-T-E-L. Uh, thanks for coming back on the Grill Nation show and uh, congrats on all your success. It's great to talk to you and see you again via the Zoom. 
Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us here on Grill Nation. We'll see you again next week. Take care.